0: welcome into a brand new friday scramble april 22nd 2022 i'm rick Gaming. that right there andy lack and andy i may be on the road my friends but i was not going to miss out on an opportunity to scramble with you good morning Good morning.
1: Um, you're in my neck of the woods. Um yeah. I'm very jealous of the golf course that you get to play this afternoon. Um, so we'll we'll make it quick. We'll get in and out. I know you're a busy guy uh today, but very uh jealous of what you got going on this afternoon.
0: Yeah, we will uh we'll hit the props, we'll do a little Zurich classic update, we'll talk a little bit about some news, we'll get out of town, but we'll hit the most valuable parts. But yeah, is it crazy, Andy, to so I, I brought my golf clubs with me to fly in uh last night and then check my golf clubs go go through the whole rigmarole of that and then fly out this afternoon just like a 20-hour trip for golf
1: not crazy at all um i actually did it from la to chicago in september i got an invite to play a course that was on my bucket list for years um and he was like, Hey, I have a tea time at Chicago golf club. Do you want to play? And I was like, yes. And I literally flew out and I'm doing it again at a a, 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 Butler national later this summer where I'm going to the Midwest. I have this one friend in the Midwest that, you know, luckily has some connections to some of these golf clubs for me, it's worth it a hundred percent. So yeah. you're talking to the wrong guy in terms of yeah. rationale on this stuff, because I will do that in a heartbeat.
0: Uh, very, very good. We are indeed presented by our friends over at prize picks. We use the term friend lightly because we're trying to put them out of business. The way that we can do that, uh, use the code Rick to deposit, get your 100% instant deposit match up to a hundred bucks. We're going to give out four props in just a few minutes. Uh, I've got a quick leaderboard update here from the Zerk classic, but Zach asks an interesting question, probably something that he's heard a million times this week. He says, what does the term, he says, ham and eggs, uh, I, the term I believe is just ham and egg which Andy would be like you play one hole very well I play the next one well you play the next one well I play like going back and forth is ham and egging it
1: to get the most out of a team situation it's a it's not like a it's a compliment right oh it it, it is it's a good thing. Like yes. if if, someone, yes. if you and I played a team event and someone was like, man, they ham and egged it all day long, that would be great for us. That's so funny because it kind of sounds like a a almost. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, Xander, Xander and Cantlay kind of ham and egged it yesterday because they they seemed to birdie the holes that the other one wasn't birdie. Correct. I think they both made six
0: birdies or better. Uh, and can't lays one of his birdies or better was an eagle. so that's how they got to thirteen under par, got to a fifty nine. That was a perfect example of Ham and egging it. But yeah, it sounds it sounds more negative, like, oh, these guys just ham and egged it like they were, I don't know, colluding or some way. no, it's a very po- it's a positive thing,
1: <laughs> yeah, or like they they kind of like ham and egged it. They slapped it around the yard. <laughs> yeah, it, it it sounds worse than this, but okay, no, that would make a lot of sense because I think. Like Xander made six birdies yesterday and Cantley made five birdies in an eagle. And right. I think they all came on almost different holes. Right. That's and that's how you go out and shoot the
0: tournament record. Like you we talked about that before the week. There is a level of luck involved. There's a level of ham and egging it. There's a level of doing well when your partner is out of a hole. Because there were times, you know, I'd argue yesterday, um, I watched a lot of the Leishman, Cam Smith group. I mean, Cam Smith was out of holes by himself often. You know, he did, he did a bad tee shot, and now it's on Mark Leishman, and he has to kind of take advantage of it. So there, there is, uh, while they're playing in teams, there is a lot of solo stuff until you get to today where they're doing alternate shot, which is just fascinating.
1: Okay, that's good to hear because I – I didn't. I, I don't think I was able to watch as much as you were yesterday, but I caught a little bit of the Smith Leishman group, and it just looked like one of those bad off the tee weeks for Cam. So yeah. I picked on him a little bit in in prize picks because I just with alternate shot. If you're you're putting your yeah. partner in those other spots like Sayonara, yeah, we
0: were and we're already seeing it this morning. I mean, Bubba has put, <laughs> and this is we'll see how the rest of this round plays out. But like my concern with Bubba is. I think this is the hardest way to play with him is an alternate shot, right? I think he sometimes can put you in bad situations. He plays a different style of golf than anybody else on the planet. This is truly um, where you learn how good a, of a team these guys are. I love watching it.
1: Yeah, and I would also, I love watching alternate shot. And I would also argue that this format is actually more of an advantage for Xander Cantlay. Uh, yes. because their games complement each other so well. They know each other's games so well. The the thing that I liked about, and this is why Xander Cantley was my only bet of the week. This is why they were the number one team in my court for I went a hundred percent of them in my draft lineups, is because I was listening to, I mean, first of all, I got to watch them at the Ryder Cup. I followed mm-hmm. them at the Ryder Cup. So when you're following them, like you really pick up on mannerisms, stuff like that. Yeah. And they just understand each other and I, they weren't Rick. They were like the lowest owned team over 10 K this week. And I think that's just because they're boring, which I, I understand that, but I don't really know what else Patrick Cantley has to prove at this point to show that he's a top five goal. Like where do you, I was banging this drum last week too. Like to me, in my opinion, Cantley is like, a top 5 golfer in the world and there's no argument. Like where where do you kind of stand on Cantlay because I I feel like he I I I don't know, I feel like he's kind of underrated.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I've um you know, we we we've had this conversation before, right? It's like he had 3 OK events in a row and people forgot he was the PGA Tour player of the year. Four victories, lightning hot putter when it gets going. All around, well rounded. Yes, he's he's had a couple of flops at major championships. But when you get to like a regular PGA Tour event, or God forbid one, you put him with a, a guy that he's played however many countless alternate shot rounds with or team rounds with. It's going to be very very scary stuff.
1: And it, what I liked about what he said in the in the press conference was, we don't apologize when another player hits a bad shot. Yeah. Um, which kind of just stuck with me as like, they get it. They've played enough rounds together. I mean, these guys, you know, I, I follow Xander very, very closely. He's like the one guy that I have some, some ends with in his camp. And these guys play practice rounds together every single week. They go on vacation together. Right. And so in a format like this, once you get into alternate shot where you're really a lot more reliant on the other player's game and understanding the other player's game, like you have to think about certain situations where an alternate shot, like on a par five, you have to kind of talk to your partner about like, hey, where's the best layup right. spot for you? Where do you want yeah. me to lay it up? And I don't think there's you're going to be hard pressed to find maybe Kisner Brown there. I'm sure there are a couple others, not at the talent level that can't land shall play are, but you're going to be hard pressed to find another team that has that deep of an understanding of the other person's game than this one. And that's why I think, are they minus odds yet? I I don't know if they are
0: yet. They were plus 200 uh, last night. And now obviously they're a couple under par and a couple shots clear. They are. Plus 120
1: at Caesars right now. Listen, I I'm not gonna do the I'm not Vince Carter Gif. I'm not even close to that status yet. But my prediction heading into this round was they're going to extend their lead because how much the alternate shot favors them. And, A lot of golf left, weird yeah. tournament, but they're gonna be they're gonna be tough. And just anecdotally,
0: looking at the leaderboard right now, look at the teams that are under par in the alternate shot. Can't lay Shawfley, no surprise there. A lot of comfort level. Jason Day, Jason Scrivener, a couple of Aussies who probably know each other pretty well. The Kirk Todd group—they play with each other all the time. Wallace and Horsefield—that's very comfortable pairing. Rose and Stenson—you look at the guys that are over par. Um, Duncan and Shank, uh, McNeely and Bramlett. You know, you can chalk that up to guys not playing well, Andy. But there is absolutely a comfort level that. Um, exposes itself more in this format.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I think there are a lot of teams where we don't really know, right? Like some of these pairings, I look at the pairings on the surface and I'm like, This guy, like I remember I was seeing on Twitter, it's like, what is Lucas Herbert and Arjun Atwal doing together? And it's like, oh, they actually belong to Isleworth together and randomly play practice rounds together almost every single week. So it's really hard to try and figure out um, the comfortability level. That's why I felt so safe taking Xander and Canley because I've seen them up close. In person. I know how close they are. Um, but you're right. I think in this, this is the day, Rick, where it's going to weed out a lot of teams. I think the leaderboard is going to start to look a lot more normal in terms of, I think water will kind of meet its level by the end of day two. The only thing that might salvage
0: my really good single entry lineup with Mav McNeely and Joseph Bramlett in Dead Last is the fact that Joaquin Neiman and Mito Pereira. <laughs> Withdrew this morning, Andy, which is like 30% of the field uh now basically toes up. So so that might be the only thing that salvages like a, a cashing week for that lineup. But this it always sucks when when popular options WD. It obviously sucks when it's really just one half of it. Mito cited a back injury that has to uh, WD both of them, which I imagine it's a tough call to say, okay, I'm going to withdraw any week, but to call up your partner and say, dude, I'm sorry, like I can't go today. And I know that that impacts you as well. Like that's, that's got to be really hard. You'd imagine a lot of guys play through it. So I hope Mito's feeling all right.
1: When there's injury withdrawals in golf, especially when it's not somebody like Louie or Jason day, it always like, it comes, it hits you smack in the face. Like it comes at you like a freight train. It, it's the shock level is mm-hmm. that much more in golf because there's no reporting on this. There's no, you couldn't find this anywhere. Mito. I played him a little bit at the heritage last week. He looked great. I think he finished top 25 at the heritage. I think he faded a little bit on Sunday, but he was right in it uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday playing great golf. So it's not like football where it's like, okay, this guy was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. This guy right. was a limited participant in practice on Thursday. And you can kind of there's an injury designation. We don't have that in golf. So I I luckily I didn't end up playing them uh this week. So I I guess that's a bonus for me. But I mean, if you played them, it's not like they had a bad round one either. I could see like maybe if they oh. shot shot minus one or minus two and and it was a 50-50 situation for Mito, he would have been just like, ah. Eh we're going to be hard pressed to make the cut anyway. But I, I, did you hear anything about Mito having a back injury? No. And, and you know, it's one of these things
0: that you hope uh, he slept on it wrong. He woke up they had an early tea time and he just wasn't feeling it. And he's, he stretches it out and and he's good for, and he's good for the following weeks. But uh, this is now something we are going to have to keep an eye on for the next, at least a few weeks. And there's no
1: real way to do it. Right. Yeah. Because they're yeah. not, sometimes these injuries happen and, these guys in press conference, they don't even get asked about it. Right. Right.
0: It, it, the, listen, as part of like the pseudo media, they, they give me credentials. Sometimes I, I don't ask any questions, but the questions that get asked are the worst questions I've ever seen. There is, um, I did not go to journalism school, Andy, but journalism 101 is don't ask a question that you can find out the answer to yourself right on Google or whatever, that is like 75% of the questions that these guys
1: get asked. I'm trying to think too, like, what's the solution for this, right? Like, is there any, I think it's tough with creating an injury report for golf, right? Because then you start to dive into, okay, well, what really constitutes as an injury? Are are you going to make somebody report something? If if no. they're sore, like, like how do where do we, where do we draw the line and is there a solution for this at all? The only solution that I
0: think, uh, so no, you can, these guys will not, they won't self-report. And even if they were self-reporting, you couldn't trust them to self-report. So I don't right. think it'd be worth the <laughs> exactly. squeeze. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be worth the squeeze of trying to figure that out. To me, it's always about range reports. It is, and, and it would not have fixed the Mito solution, the situation, because we're already during the event, if he wakes up, whatever, but it's, Hey, uh Joaquin Neiman arrived to the golf course on Tuesday morning he played nine holes he went to the driving range for an hour and a half he left at this time just fact-based like clock in clock out and then we'll do the detective work after that because there have been weeks where guys literally are not on site Tuesday Wednesday no one in the media is mentioning it you find out Thursday morning they haven't been there all week and it's like well what the what the hell happened here? Did we drop the ball on this? Or if you see, okay, this guy went to the went to the range for fifteen minutes, uh, and then left. It's like, well, that's not that that doesn't seem very optimistic. Like he was getting lo- that that to me is the only way I think you could pull it off.
1: Yes, and the other point that I would make is like another way that football and golf are so different. Like if a football player wakes up with a bad back the morning of game day, he's not going to play because what you're risking, you know, getting hit by 300 pound people. But if a golfer wakes up with a bad back, chances are, if it's a 50, 50 situation, they're going to try it. Right. And so that's the issue with golf, where you have these situations where a guy starts playing the tournament or Paul Casey takes one swing and they realize, oh, this is this is a no-go that's what makes it so much harder in golf because a lot of the time with golf injuries it's a it's golf so you kind of think like okay i'm a little sore i'm hurting a little bit but can i get through 18 holes of golf is a little bit different than do i want to get put on all these pads and get hit by 300 pound people
0: yeah which uh I personally do not want to get hit by 300 pound people <laughs> Um, two, two comments. Then we'll go do the props. So Tokyo Swan. Yeah, this is what I think I was referring to. Louie didn't even fly to an event and wasn't listed as a WD until after the event started, which is like that's in impossible. That's impossible for that to even happen um, in 2022 with access to all the all the things that we have access to. And then, Andy, uh, how about this? Nick wants to.
1: Bring, Nick says, "If you want to play TPC Louisiana, hit him up. I think we should book our flights." Uh Nick's great. I talk to Nick all the time. Um, yeah, I'd love to play TPC Louisiana. It looks like a fun course. It's kind of like set in a marsh, right? Yeah. It's it's like in the kind of the low, the lowlands. There's not a lot of elevation changes. It looks really cool. All right, Nick, we're on our way. We'll see you soon. <laughs> um, all right, here's what we're gonna do.
0: We are going to give you four props at prize picks they're in alternate shots so the lines are much different make sure you are ready to rock and roll get these in the code you're looking for is rick the link is in the description we'll get to those on the other side andy lack is not only the co-host of the scramble but also produces his own show the inside golf podcast it's available twice a week focusing on course breakdowns dfs and betting strategies for every pga tour event Admittedly, I was drawn to Andy for his data-driven approach, which you'll find on his Sunday shows as he breaks down the field. But I'm even more impressed by his passion for course architecture, which offers a different perspective of our great game. Mix those together with insightful and humorous guests who don't take themselves too seriously, and you've got a recipe for a great podcast. Follow Inside InsideGolfPod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. Okay, Andy, we are back. Um, Before we prop it like it's hot, I forgot to mention there is a weird situation with DraftKings. So I believe Neiman keeps his points, but Mito loses his points. There's like a weird team aspect to a WD this week.
1: Yeah, people were talking about this on Twitter. It's like, I, I don't understand it at all. I I don't, I, I don't know, because I think the question that people were asking is like, okay, so Mito withdraws, would Neiman hypothetically be able to replace his partner? I get like in in that, I, I think the answer is obviously no. The team is the team is done, right? So would the person who doesn't withdraw get to keep the points? It's tough, man. It's a lose lose for, but like. But hold on! If you
0: score together, why wouldn't why wouldn't uh, Mito just get to keep his points as well that he's already earned? Why is it because Mito filed for the WD that DraftKings takes his points when we've scored we've scored them together all week? Why wouldn't why wouldn't both guys just stop earn, accumulating points and keep what they have?
1: I have no idea. Isn't that how it works in single? Like uh, if somebody withdraws in round four, you keep the points, right? Yeah, you keep the points that
0: they had earned to that point.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't
0: know. It's absolutely bizarre stuff. Uh, All right, let's prop it like it's hot. So this is indeed presented by Prize Picks. These are props. You put all four of these together. You try to make a little bit of money. And the alternate shot. So alt-shot averages for the players in the field who have played this event hovers right around 72. So obviously... Uh, we're seeing a couple of low scores this morning, but there are certainly teams that are over par. This is not going to look anything like the scoring averages that we saw during the first round.
1: Yeah. And once again, I think the prize picks, um, they set some good lines, right? Like I think the lines were anywhere between 70.5 and 72. So I kind of, I kind of played it in the middle and I took one over and and one under, but yeah, I mean, if the scoring average I would imagine is probably like five or six strokes higher than it would be best ball at least.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Armina release the props, please. So we'll drop them all at the same time. There we go. Um, Andy, and I've done the same thing. I've got one over one under. I agree. These lines are, are, are sharper than most lines that we have. Andy, what is your first prop for today?
1: I went with Gucci Homa under 71.5 for no other reason than I think this team's going to make the cut and they probably have to shoot a 71 or a 70 to make the cut. I was it's a team I was pretty high on pre-tournament. I think you could make an argument that they are like the B minus version of Xandra Cantley, where they're both very solid players that complement each each other's games very well and obviously have a really good rapport together and are actually friends off the course. Of course, they haven't had as many, you know, Ryder Cup experiences between Xander and Cantlay, but these are two guys that play practice rounds together. These are two guys that are similar in distance off the tee, similar in what they do well, what they do poorly. Um, So I'm just going to take a chance that they probably gain strokes on the field this week and make the cut.
0: Under 71 on Gooch and Dahoma. I'll start with my under Hatton and Willett. Um, they played great yesterday. And similar to Xander and Cantley, I actually think this team's edge uh is in this format, right? Where right where it's like, okay, um, Very comfortable with each other's games. Uh, They've played a lot together. The experience matters. The the ability to not have to apologize matters. So you'll see a trend here. I like the with with lines set the way they are. I've kind of leaned on unders for the teams that I trust. And overs on the teams that like this might be the first alternate shot round they've ever played together. When I get to my next my next prop, right? So it's 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 kind of a comfortability level. I'll take Hatton Willitt under seventy one for my first prop.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and that's that's the thing with alternate shot. Like my reasoning for the second prop rec was I watched Cam Smith. I I went yeah. Cam Smith Leishman over seventy point five, and I just watched Cam Smith kind of spray it all over the yard that doesn't really matter as much in better ball because if, if Leishman has the hole under control, then it doesn't matter if cam Smith makes a nine on a hole. He's he's got a partner, but if this happens to be one of those weeks and, and Smith is prone to this on occasion where he's a, he's a minus three, a minus four, a minus five off the tee. Well, now you're putting Mark Leishman in spots that uh, are not very good for Mark Leishman. So, I went with Cam Smith, Leishman over 70.5. It was the lowest over under. I think there were a couple that were at 70.5. And of those, this one just felt like, based on eye test-wise yesterday, like they were kind of the weakest team. Let me ask you about this, because I stared at this prop long a long time. And I could make a
0: case for both sides of it. I, I could make a case that says, well, Cam Smith sprayed it on Thursday, it's unlikely that he sprays it again. However, I thought, well, it's not like driving is the best part of Cam Smith's game, right? It's it's everything after that. And he does have a tendency to kind of pull that smother hook out, right? You know what I mean? Mm. So like when you see a guy who really struggles on Thursday, I guess, how do you assess the bounce back ability for the next
1: following round?
0: I, I couldn't figure it out. I just stayed away from it.
1: It goes either way kind of this is a podcast we could probably do another hour on it's it's a separate podcast in terms of uh you know what changes round to round what changes tournament to tournament how quickly that's the other thing that's tough going back to your range report like 90 percent of these guys travel with their coaches right so a lot of the time it's not as simple as you know this guy hit the ball great in round one he's gonna hit the ball great in round two or this guy hit ball poorly in round one he's going to hit the ball poorly in round two like a lot of these times it's a very simple quick fix on the range with one of their coaches so there's no real there's no real way to really decipher it and and you could probably also make the argument with smith leishman like leishman isn't super great off the tee either right leishman tends right. to struggle with accuracy off the tee it's not like cam smith's playing with Morikawa who hits it dead center every time and and maybe doesn't have as much experience with those punch shots. Um, so I don't have a great answer for it yet. It's the type of project that I would like to do where maybe we could look long-term at the variance between single round ball striking stats and come to a conclusion on it. Yeah. Um, Okay,
0: so that is officially Smith-Leishman over 70.5. Zalatoris-Riley over 71.5 is my final prop. I kind of alluded to this. You know, this literally might be the first alternate shot round they have ever played uh, together. If you go back and look at their round on Thursday... Uh, it was, I think they got the most out of it, right? I think it was a 64 that they got the most out of. They were not, they didn't necessarily always have two looks at birdie there. They had a lot of missed fairways. They had a lot of fairway bunkers. They had a lot of one guy really playing the hole for another, which if that continues, as we've talked about Andy, uh, when there's only one ball in play in, in this format, you can, you can find yourself in trouble quite quickly.
1: Yep. Yeah, I would agree, and I mean, I think, I think this is a team that many people were were very high on heading into the week, and for good reason. These guys were, they, were they? I know Zalators went to Wake, and Riley went to uh, Alabama, but they like they were junior golf buddies or something like that.
0: Yeah, uh, there's like the there's like a very
1: Spieth Thomas esque yeah. photo of them floating around. Yeah, from that's what Duke I saw. Boston. That's that's what yeah. I'm going off of.
0: Yeah. Uh, so officially. Gooch, Homa, under 71 and a half. Leishman, Smith, over 70.5. Hatton, Willett, under 71.5. Zalatoris Riley, over 71.5. All those lines very similar to one another. Uh, The coach you're looking for is Rick. The link is in the description. You're going over to prize picks. You're putting these in, and you're hoping to find a significant winner. Uh, Andy, I want to do a quick one-and-done kind of temperature check, and I want to talk about Uh, a story that came out on golf digest yesterday and then we'll get out of here. So uh, we'll hit all that stuff on the other side. If you're not playing daily fantasy on prize picks, then you're not really playing daily fantasy. They offer nothing but props and they do it better than anyone else. You pick two to five players on an over under and can win up to 10 times on any entry. They allow mixed sport entries, meaning you can take the over on LeBron James and the under on John Rom. The golf specific props are amazing. Birdies or better, fairways hit, greens in regulation, round score, and now, yes, single hole props. That's right. What score will a golfer make on a specific hole? I have prize specific tools on my website to help you build the best entries. And now prize is offering a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just use the code Rick at sign up or click the link in the description. That's code Rick. Good luck. Okay, Andy, a little bit of a temperature check on our one-and-done selections. Uh, you went with Horschel and Burns. They are currently uh, T10, 10 under par, and they are even through 10 holes of their alternate shot rounds. I went with Seamus Power, Graham McDowell, who are currently T30, 7 under par, even through 10 holes of their alternate shot rounds. So you've got a three-shot lead at the moment. Um, I won't jinx them, but knock on wood, looking like both could find their way to the weekend. How do you feel about your situation at the moment?
1: I feel pretty good. I think yeah. we went in different directions this week where you were like, I'm not going to burn great players. And I said, eh, "I'm why not? <laughs> you, you know, a lot of the courses that I would have wanted to play Billy at Burns at um, already happened. So let's ride with him. I'd say probably in terms of like confidence meter. They were the number two team for me outside of Xander Cantley. Like, if Xander Cantley didn't win, my second choice would be these guys. Um, and I think they're going to be relevant over the weekend, right? I, I mean, they're six yeah. strokes back now already of, of Xander Cantley. They just made another birdie on a par five, but I don't think this team is going away. And if I could squeak out like a top five finish, I think I'd be pretty happy.
0: Yeah, they're they're good in both formats. I was hoping Power and McDowell would kind of make up a little bit of ground in this alternate shot format. They haven't done that as of right now, but hey, you make a couple birdies coming in, you shoot two under. That's probably besting the field uh, by a decent margin. But yeah, I uh, B- Billy and Burns, uh, Sam didn't play all that well yesterday, and they were still able to get around. I I think they're I think they've got the staying power, my friend.
1: And they've kind of battled back, right? Weren't they like plus two over their first three or four today? And then they kind of battled back and made a couple birdies. Like if yeah. you're, if you shoot under par an alternate shot, I think you're moving up today, right? Almost certainly. Yeah,
0: almost yeah. certainly. I mean, there's, there's a couple of like th- the day Scrivener, there are seven under. That's gonna be by far like the best round of the day. If they can get in the clubhouse anywhere close to that, uh, it's going to be magnificent. But yeah, under, under par is your goal. In alternate shot.
1: We're not going to have shot tracker or anything for this, but they're going to gain like eight strokes on the field. They're going to Dan yeah. Scrivener. That's insane. Shooting seven under. That's that's they, wild. I did not. That was crazy. not on my bingo card. Hand up.
0: If they, this is kind of wild. If they just par out uh, their final five holes, they'll have back to back 65s. They shot a 65 in best ball. They would shoot a 65 in alternate shot. I wonder if there's ever been a team that has been better in the alternate shot format than the best (laughs) ball format. I'm sure it's never happened. But that would be like that's
1: that's crazy talk. It's crazy talk. That'd be funny. Matt uh McNeely Bramlett have an opportunity for that too, because they were like minus two in uh in better ball, which I don't even know how you do. I think we could beat that.
0: I I honestly think we could too. That it, it was it was it was fairly pathetic. Um what they what they did in the best ball format. Uh real quick and then we'll get out of here. Uh this is pretty cool. Steph Curry launched a or announced that he's launching a junior golf tour with the goal of helping to serve uh underprivileged and overlooked markets. So it's this um Curry has this underrated brand that I think is what he's going to use to launch this this golf uh this golf tour where basically he's going to take Twenty-four of the best boys and girls who will compete, I guess, for this Curry Cup, and then he's just going to bankroll the whole thing. Andy, he's going to cover uh, expenses, uh, lodging, all like basically everything in the first year with helps of growing it. Um, we have talked a lot in the last couple of months about what it means to grow the game and how you know the SGL or whatever they're calling themselves right now, trying to pilfer uh, PGA tour players away for their own league is not really growing the game. Like this, this is growing the game right here.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Shout out to Steph Curry. Uh, he was phenomenal last night against, against the nuggets. I had a blast watching him. Um, they really look like they're rounding into form right now, that team. Uh, but no, I think it's awesome because Curry is a guy who, has the golf bug, right? He's competed in a corn Ferry tour event before he's, he's been a part of the match before. And, and, and we know that it is, um, it's a little bit more than a hobby, Tim, not to steal yeah. Kisner's phrase. He, he loves it. It's a, it's a, it's a passion project for him. So I am very excited to see uh, where this goes. I don't, I don't really know like who are the types of players is this, are we talking, collegiate players? Are we talking high school players? Are we talking, you know, mid AMS? Like I don't, I I don't know a ton of the details yet, but anything that Curry puts his name behind, I'm going to support and be interested in.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure there's a ton of, ton of details, but I believe it was junior golfer. So I don't know what that, what that's considered like, you know, 15 and under or something like that. It's basically, um, junior golf, which Okay, th- I think this is kind of interesting because the first T program, which all- obviously also helps with with junior golf and goes tries to go to a lot of underserved markets and can provide clubs because clubs are obviously very expensive. Golf in general is very expensive. Um, that I believe has been just like wildly successful. The first T program, yeah. But when you, but it's also not cool and it's not sexy, Andy. Right? Like it's like oh, it's the first T. It's kind of nerdy. You're going to go learn yeah. about like etiquette and fixing sure. ball marks or whatever. But when Steph Curry who arguably kind of changed basketball and is cool and can come and do the the golf stuff as well. Like that's, that's cool. And I think that is what helps kind of grow stuff. And I know maybe that's not the metric we should use is how cool Steph Curry is to help grow the game. But that's, I think that's real.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Right. And, and listen, as a, as a product of junior golf, as a, as a guy who spent, you know, ages, seven through 15 playing all these junior tournaments if there was a if there was a guy like Steph Curry who was promoting the game in the way that he was now I can guarantee you uh those junior tournaments would be a lot more full and I, there would be a lot more excitement around that it, it is a it's a tough um it can be tough, right? When when playing in those playing in those junior golf tournaments, just from experience, it's it's a grind, and and you know it's a lot of traveling for a kid and stuff like that. So I think any way that you could kind of build a little bit more excitement around it, and and kind of you know invest in the future, like you look at the way that Canada invests in junior hockey, yeah. the more that we can invest in the future in golf. Um, I think that's awesome. So I'm gonna, I'm a huge fan of Steph outside of this, just on the basketball court. Um, and I am, I am excited to see where this goes.
0: Awesome. Yeah. We'll keep a close eye on it as more details and everything come out, but, uh, hat tip to you, Steph Curry. Awesome stuff as usual. Andy, I think that'll do it. Absolute pleasure. My friend, uh, any final thoughts before we before we shut it down?
1: No, other than uh, enjoy your round this afternoon, uh, play well, my friend, and safe travels getting back home. All right,
0: brother, I appreciate you. Uh, big thanks to Prusa Armina does all the hard work behind the scenes. Next scramble Tuesday, same time, same place, twelve p.m. Eastern time here on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. You can find Andy on Twitter at ADPLAX Sports, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your Friday Scramble. We'll catch you next time.